You are now tapped into I Am Clearly, a podcast. Every Wednesday, join us as we openly discuss real-life experiences and significant tools to help you live a clearly balanced life in every aspect. I'm your host, Alicia Lee. Now let's vibe. Thank you for joining me for another session of I Am Clearly, a podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Lee, and this week we are joined by my personal favorite serial entrepreneur. She has taken social media by storm and documenting her journey along the way. I'm so proud of this woman and honored that she made time to sit down to chat with me. So without further ado, ladies, meet Brittany. Right, Brittany, if you can share with our listeners exactly who you are and where you're from and where you're from and what you do. Well, hi, um, my name is Brittany. I am from Long Island, New York. Um, I have been in Georgia um, since I was nine. So I think I'm technically considered a Georgia peach at this point. Um, yeah, currently I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I have run and had several businesses um yeah and now I'm just cruising out until you know I turn 30 I'm just trying to see where God wants me so I'm just a stay-at-home mom for now awesome and that's happening soon right mm-hmm, in May yes. almost there <laughs> any big plans um I'm still trying to feel out like the whole pandemic situation but me and my best friend turned 30 like her birthday is on the second and mine is on the seventh same month so I'm actually going to go to her hometown and um celebrate with her so yeah it's gonna be so nice (laughs) a good 30th birthday in the summer can't be Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes since both of my kids are winter babies I'm like I feel bad for (laughs) y'all they really don't get to have that much fun (laughs) (laughs) so I like to coin you as my favorite serial entrepreneur because you literally have your hands in so many buckets. It's hard for me to keep up sometimes, but when you do it, you do it well. So I applaud you for that, for even taking on that role because I got one business and struggle with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) And I also would like to... um, glorify the fact that you have just decided to take social media by storm with documenting your journey, your recent journey that is, when I say I can sit back and like look at what the the creativity that you put into these videos and your social media posts, it's just like, wow, she's really telling a story and it's very captivating. So for one, I definitely admire your commitment to um, your journey and documenting it. And speaking of your journey, um, you recently had a procedure, uh, a bariatric procedure, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And for those that are not familiar with bariatric, um, if you can explain to the listeners exactly what that is. So the, the specific uh, procedure that I got is called uh, VSG, which is a Gosh, vertical sleeve gastronomy. Um, it's pretty much this, you know, it's a, a version of bariatric surgery, but what it is, is your, a portion of your stomach is being removed. Um, so the largest part of your stomach where I guess you hold most of your food is being removed and a banana sized sliver is left. 
Um, so it literally just looks like a track down from your esophagus to your intestine. So it just looks like one small tube. Um, and that causes you to not be at risk for things like diabetes, high blood pressure, um, PCOS, which is what I had, one of my pre-existing conditions, um, and so many other things, weight gain. Um, and it's what I like to tell people, it, it's not a weight loss fix. It is an aid. So it's not something that you get and it's like, okay, well now I can just eat what I want. You cannot, <laughs> you cannot have sweets. Like it is a very strict diet. And it's, I hate to use the word diet because it is a, a continuous lifestyle. However, it is a diet change because you're not having to, you can't, you're not, getting those certain cravings anymore because they do, um, when they do the surgery, they do affect one of your hormones, which is your, you know, uh, desire to eat, um, cravings, things like that, which is one of the triggers for PCOS. Um, and with that, you literally can't eat as much. So you have to eat slow. You have to chew your food down to like mashed potato kind of consistency. You can't down water, can't have alcohol for the first year. Like there are so many barriers, but it sets you up to mindfully eat rather than just eating anything and everything. Like you have to not necessarily count calories, but you have to look at the total fat to make sure that you're not getting too much fat in your diet, um, making sure that your plates are portioned. So you're having more protein because protein helps burn the weight uh, or the fat, I should say. Um, not having too much sugar, which sugar turns into things that contribute to people being overweight. Um, and it's just the conscious weight loss surgery that I think a lot of people understand, but they don't understand um, because they think it's just a fix. Like I'm skinny now. No, it takes time. <laughs> it is definitely, I will say, a mental health journey more than anything because you have to prepare your mind for that shift because um, right. your body loses weight quickly. Like normal people take a whole year, 12 months to lose 20 pounds. I lost 35 pounds in 30 days. Like that is unheard of in a normal Thing, but it's it's a healthy weight loss because it contributes to the things that I'm eating, the work that I'm doing by, you know, doing my walks every day, working out as much as I can, low intensity, but, you know, high performance, like, it's a lot, it's a lot of work, but you have to mentally prepare yourself for it um, more than anything, but it is, it's, it's life-changing, and if you do it right, you do your work, it is something that I can feel, I feel that can benefit so many people. Yeah. You look amazing. First Thank of all. you. <laughs> I've always said that even before you had your procedure, like you look amazing. And honestly, like listening to when you say that it's now you have to be more conscious about what you're eating. I feel like that is super important, especially during the pandemic. Like most people are working from home, so they're more tempted to sit around and snack and eat junk all day versus being mindful. And then on top of the mental health aspect of that as well, um, those who may be going through things, they're kind of hiding food and not even realize it. So that, for one, kudos to you for even taking that <laughs> hit because that's a battle by itself. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely uh, with that, so before you even went into your procedure, did you, would you say that you actually prepared for it beforehand or you just kind of like gradually went into it? Um, 
I will be honest and say that I thought that I mentally prepared for it. So I prepared for the eating portion. Um, I was working with a nutritionist for three months and she was helping me with my portions, understanding that I needed to eat protein first and then eat the other food groups, um, lessening how much I eat, eating smaller meals, things like that. So for that, I was good. Doing my walking, I was good. Drinking 64 ounces of water, I was good. And the mental part of it, like, okay, you can't deal with the fat girl syndrome anymore. Like you're not going to be the fat girl anymore. So you can't be scared or timid to sit in chairs anymore. You can't be scared or timid to, you know, be adventurous. Like even giving my daughter a bath, like you don't have to overthink that. And I had to condition myself to, you know, remember, hey, you're about to be in a new body. You're about to be able to do new things. And I thought that I prepared for that until week two and I'm hysterically crying and my husband is like what's going on I said I didn't prepare for the change and he was like what do you mean I said the weight that's happening so quickly I was like I haven't been anything smaller than the 200 since I was in high school like you're telling me that I'm literally about to look like the little girl in high school the body that I swore was so fat the body that I hated so much I'm literally going back to that and looking back at you know everybody looks back at their high school body and they're like oh I want to be that version of fat again (laughs) like you know I'm like I'm literally about to transition back into that size And I wasn't prepared. Like that weight was shredding quickly. My body was changing. My face was changing. And I'm like, I don't do change well. Um, This is a lot. (laughs) Clothes are falling off of me. and, And I don't have enough time to start shopping, to start doing all that. So it was just uh, a heat check in that moment like okay you prepared for the future but you didn't prepare for the everyday um so that kind of threw me for a loop um for a little while like you know I fell into the comparison trap for a while well this person lost this amount of weight but Brittany they were also 400 pounds and you were only 253 so their weight loss looks different than yours because they had more weight to lose you really don't um so for me, it was just, you have to be present. And that is one of the biggest things that, you know, before you even get the surgery, they make you go through like a series of things. Some people have to do it for third, I mean, three months, six months, some people longer. It just depends on your BMI. Um, my particular time framing to prepare for the surgery was three months. Um, and during that time, I had to take a lot of, you know, examinations, psychology tests. Like it was, a, it was a lot of preparation. Um, and the psychologist said, the only thing that I'm concerned about with you, like everything else is 100%. But the only thing that I'm concerned about is that you're going to live in the future and not in the present. And surely enough, that present really messed me up. Like, take it day by day. She was like, stay in whatever process you're in, whatever state you're in. If you're eating, only doing liquids, stick with liquids. Stop thinking about soft foods. Stay with liquids. Live in that moment. When you're in soft foods, your second phase, deal with soft foods. Stop thinking about all the hard stuff you want to eat. Stay in that phase because it's going to mess with your mental. If you're focused on, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to day by day. And I didn't prepare for that like at all. <laughs> wow, Not even a little. the whole team around you. And that's so vital that you had that psychiatrist by your side to mm-hmm. even give you what you need in order to prepare for the after yeah. effects. Like, 
that is key because if you didn't, I feel like if you didn't have her by your side telling you what to prepare for and where, you know, where you should be at mentally, like you said, you those those traps you could have fell into could have been uglier. Oh yeah. <laughs> I Especially the comparison there, trap. Oh yeah. And there are some people that don't have that same kind of setup. So I looked out and got a really, really good surgeon that had a really good team. And some people didn't have that same look that I knew that got the surgery. Like they just got thrown into it. They didn't have all the information. Like they gave us a workbook, a helpline. Like we literally had a whole packet, a book of different foods. Like they set us up so good. And I was like, I couldn't imagine not having all of these resources because the little bit that I had to experience of just having many meltdowns. I'm like, there are some people that have meltdowns far worse. Like they yeah. regret this and want to get it reversed, but you can't. <laughs> like, yeah. And there's stuff because they didn't get all the information. And I'm like, I had preparation, but those mini meltdowns matter. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they do. It's only one, one type that you can actually get reversed. That's the one with the band, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because they can't Who replace go your stomach. <laughs> right. <laughs> they can't replace your stomach. So, yeah, it oh. was. And, and my surgery was a little different because I had a hernia that I had no idea um it was yeah it was the size of a softball so I had like a protruding stomach and nobody knew we just thought it was you know my organs rearranging after having two kids it was a hernia oh my god yeah so they had instead of like the four incisions that normal people have I think some people have three or four I have five so yeah you can't see them like that my surgeon was the bomb but I have I had to have five incisions because that little pesky hernia messed me up. I was like, ooh, thank you for catching that. <laughs> so they don't know like how long it's been there. They just knew the size and it needed to go. Yeah. Which oh was, gosh. yeah. I was like, that's amazed. I'm like who, doesn't, who doesn't pick that up? Like, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm so glad you made it through and everything worked out the way it needed to. Um, how long was your recovery? Um, two weeks now, me being the person I am, I moved a little bit quicker than I needed to. So Uh-oh. I could have been cool after three days, but I gave myself the two weeks and then I started moving around too much at day four. And yeah, I had to take that whole two weeks <laughs> to oh. sit down and regroup because yeah. yeah, it was different. <laughs> and I'm sure that was a challenge for you because you are used to being hands-on, open at it. Yeah, I had to cancel. Yeah, I had to cancel a lot of photo shoots. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do that no more, y'all. I can't sit on the floor with you. I have to sit down and just sleep. Like that's what I have to do. (laughs) You needed it. You definitely needed it because you work so hard at everything that you do. So that was definitely God's way of saying, all right, yeah, sit down somewhere. (laughs) So what made you? start documenting your your journey especially on tiktok girl (laughs) i'm so used to you being like so quiet so shy and you really like (laughs) you came out the game like i'm ready i'm gonna get this information yeah it started like with me and my husband having our tiktok and we kind of started doing tiktok for fun 
Um, and through that process, you know, it became a brand and it was like, wait a minute, we went back and started watching the videos and it started to become healing to come out of my shell. Because Lord knows I am an introvert. I am probably like the picture next to the definition of introvert. Um, and during that process that I just started to see like a lot of people messaging me and saying, hey, you know, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being vulnerable. Um, and it just inspired me to want to share about the journey because a lot of people had questions. A lot of people were like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you getting that? How do you qualify? And I realized that since I am the research and resource queen, you know, it only made sense to create a platform where I could reach people and people could reach me that had questions. Um, because when I, I remember when I first found out about VSG, I reached out to somebody who got clout from the VSG, just sharing her journey and all of this stuff. Cause it was, you know, it wasn't fairly new, but it wasn't as popular as it is now on social media. And she was rude. I mean, she was like, did you not read my bio? Like, did you not look and see? And I was like, time out. I'm just asking you like the steps that you took, because for someone like me, like you just saying you got BSG surgery. Yeah, Google is telling me what it is, but what was the experience like? And she's like, it was a surgery. I lost weight. I did it like very dry. And I was like, okay, thank you for your time. And when I got the surgery, I realized like people had questions. A lot of people, you know, did the Google search and they're like, it's still not making sense. Like, what is it? You know, what, what do I have to do? How do I qualify? You know, how do I start the conversation? And then it started to become a lot of women that were scared. And I'm like, why is it that when it comes time for us to advance our health that we're scared or change, you know, things about our life that are going to help us have a more, you know, worthwhile future? Why are we scared? And I realized that my platform wasn't about me anymore. It was about helping people normalize being okay with being scared of change, being okay with, you know, stepping out into a new lifestyle and just answering their questions. Like, it was, it was heavy for a while, like a lot of people just pouring their hearts out, you know, from relationship advice and to, to health. It was like, how did you get the courage to do it? And I was like, I did it scared. And I mean that I was scared to death. I was sitting in the chair while they were taking all of my vitals, preparing me for this surgery. I had never had local anesthesia and I was scared. And I was like, mm -hmm. I had to think of the future. Like, I have kids. I can't even give my daughter a bath. I can't sit on the floor and play dolls with her. I can't run up and down the court and play with my son. Like my husband is going to be, you know, old and, and decrepit <laughs> by the time I'm able to like get myself together. And I don't want him to be the only parent that's active. Like I didn't want my kids to remember mommy as the unhealthy one that couldn't do anything. Cause that's not fair. Like they signed up for two parents. And I wanted my quality of life to be different. Like me and my husband couldn't go like jump off a plane or do anything because I was that self-conscious. Like, no, babe, I don't want to go out on a date wearing, you know, oversized jackets and stuff in the summer trying to cover my body. It's like you have a man that looks this good. And then you have this woman over here who's so severely self-conscious that it's like, I don't want to bring you out, not because I'm ashamed, but you're too self-conscious and you don't realize that it's causing you to be a target to people and I'm tired of fighting women off coming up to, oh is this your sister you know is this your mom like yeah so oh, no. it was like 
Yeah, it's like at a certain point, babe, you have to find the sexy in yourself because I can only call you sexy for so long. And after a while, it was just like, okay, it's time to take my health in a different direction. And so many women had the same thing. They're like, I feel like my husband's losing, like not finding interest in me. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> I was like, you have to do your self work first. Like we have yeah. to talk about self work. And documenting that has helped answer a lot of women's questions. Like even some men, it was, it's been very, very uh, healing for me to be able to extend that in a human way, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I definitely, definitely admire that because you said something so key and so vital that you realized that your journey was no longer about you. Like your, your platform was no longer about you. It was about those other women who have those questions. And yeah. just prime example, being able to reach out to somebody who, who you knew went through the same thing and not being able to ask those, those questions that you need, that you needed answers for yourself mm-hmm. and it went nowhere. So you knew, okay, yeah. something has to change. You're basically their solution. And I love that. Thank you. I definitely <laughs> admire that about you because honestly, like you helped me. Like I sometimes I really be in my head, like, oh, I don't feel like sharing this. I'm so private. I'm so private when it comes down to social media. I don't like sharing too much and too little. Mm-hmm. I like to share just the bare minimum just so people can get it. But then it's like, not really, because there's so much, so many layers to me that mm-hmm. I feel like people can find that comfort in. And that, yeah. that's important. That's how you create a community yeah and it I for me it was more healing than anything just knowing that I wasn't alone like there are other people who are struggling there are other people who have the same questions that I had and why not all share that scared space and then come out of it together like to create that community because all of us don't have it figured out and I've just got tired of you know people assuming oh you have it figured out I don't (laughs) I'm just as screwed up in the head as you. The only difference is I pray every five minutes. I'm at God's door knocking like, bro, I need you to tell me something because at this point I'm just like playing dice and trying to figure this out. And nobody (laughs) is like saying, hey, go here. Like Google at the end of the day is telling me through WebMD that I'm about to die tomorrow. Like I need you to help me (laughs) make it make sense, you know, point me in the direction And going through my own journey, just, you know, and helping other people kind of made it normal for me to feel other, everything other than what social media forces us to feel. And that's happy. Like all of us aren't happy. We all got different levels of trauma going on. And when you normalize that, it creates a platform for people, you know, and a space for people to just be themselves. Like we don't always have to look good every five minutes. Some days we gonna look busted but I have a message for you and you gotta receive it like yes (laughs) I love that because you're still showing up for your community being your authentic self instead of just showing up as this made-up version like you said like always showing that you're happy and sometimes every day is not always a happy journey Mm -hmm. you don't have those down (laughs) moments and I feel like those down moments is where we are afraid to share with the world because we feel like we have to present ourselves a certain way when it comes down to social media, and that's really not the case. At all. <laughs> I have those moments where I have to tell myself, like, girl, you at the end of the day are still human. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are all very human. 
So I definitely appreciate you for sharing that with us and sharing your journey. Um, we have a couple more minutes left, but I had a couple of questions um, to ask you. So throughout all of this, um, you can touch on whether it's starting off being a serial entrepreneur or even your journey that you just recently started. What has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? Ooh, um, <laughs> my biggest failure was moving quicker than God. Um, I think the reason why this year I decided to dissolve most all of my businesses was simply because I moved outside of God's plan. Um, and it wasn't that God didn't give me those ideas, but sometimes, you know, I get so excited, like, God, I can do this business and I can produce this and it can be clean and I can help people. Like my goal in all of my businesses has always been to help somebody like literally I created a whole business branched off of another business just to use that money, that profit to create a grant for black small business owners. And it backfired because God was like, I gave you a large lump sum of free money to do what I told you to do with it at the time that I told you to do it. And I decided, no, 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 you know, you gave me this idea. I'm going to run with it while I have it because I don't know if this money's going to stay. And because of that, my business didn't last past five months because I moved ahead of God. And I learned that, you know, God can give you ideas. And I saw a post literally this morning that said, sometimes God gives you ideas, not for you, but for you to share with others so they can prosper. And I realized that I had like books and notes in my phone full of ideas that I always want to produce, which is how I ended up becoming the serial entrepreneur. Um, and when you move at a quicker pace than God, you find yourself in a position where, you know, you're not really doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like you're not giving what it's supposed to give because you moved outside of the hand of God. And that doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that, you know, your passion started to speak louder than your purpose. And in that moment for me, I was like, that was an L that I had to take. You know, I, I had to look at the products every day that I didn't sell because I moved outside of God. And that was a lesson, you know, like he gave you this idea. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Are you back? Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, you know, I moved outside of God and it was a lesson for me to learn. Like you just have to move when God says move, period. He can give you all these ideas, but you need to understand that right now you have to stop and listen to his voice more, ask for clarity, ask for directions. And once you get those directions, then you go based on what he said, not based off of what you want to do, but based off what he said. Absolutely. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like we definitely have that so strongly in common because mm -hmm. I've had so many projects. And like you said, I have like notebooks and planners saved from like 2019 mm -hmm. I have planners saved from 2020 of just so many different ideas vision boards that I hung on to because there was so many beautiful ideas on there so many ideas in my phone and I definitely had moments where I moved faster than what God wanted me to and like you said it definitely backfired to other people, it may have been like, dang, that's got to be embarrassing. But to me, I like to take my L's out loud so y'all can learn from it. And, exactly. and, no and you can see where I'm at. Like, you mm -hmm. can see, like, 
there's so much left inside of me that I'm still going to keep going. I just got to sit in the waiting room until I figure it out. Yeah. I definitely get that. (laughs) I feel you on that. So strongly. Mm -hmm. Even with with podcasting, like there was so many times, like I've honestly been at podcasting for close to three years. I Mm -hmm. feel like, and I, and I used to beat myself up about it. I was like, I feel like I should be so much further than where I started because I always feel like I'm restarting and not going anywhere but it's like every time I restart I restart unintentionally I don't start with intentions I don't you know have those meetings with God to to know where to go what direction to go in I'm just Mm -hmm. up and going because I have a great idea and it it never works out (laughs) but this around (laughs) I truly believe in it I know what direction I want to go in and I'm just happy to be sitting down talking with beautiful guests like you because I feel like we learn so much from each other and we have so much in common. Yeah. So thank you again. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so last question. If you were to turn back in time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? Ooh. <laughs> Based on yes. what you know now, what would you go back and tell 18-year-old Brittany? um 18 I was in high school love yourself more honestly love yourself more and give yourself more credit um I can honestly say that I was in a trap of I have to say this lightly but because it may pull off a lot of band-aids for a lot of unhealed people but you know I idolized my mom and in a way where you know, it's like, she can do no wrong. She was my mom. She was my superhero. She was a single mom. She worked hard. She went to church. You know, she did so much for me. She sacrificed so much. And I just put her on this pedestal that she could do no wrong. So I looked to her for everything, for advice, to tell me what to do, to tell me what school to go to, how to choose a boyfriend. Like I looked to her for everything and her voice became my inner voice. Her voice became my childhood voice. Her voice became my voice period. Like everything was, well, what does Shauna want to do? Well, what does my mom think? Well, what is it? And it was Brittany losing herself. Well, if my mom told me, you know, you need to lose a little bit of weight, like slow down. We're going to go on a diet together. It was, okay, she thinks I'm not pretty. So let me get my life together. Let me get it together. Let me do what she's saying. You know, let me do all this. And I took the human part out of my mom. And it just, as I got older, it started to be a blow. Like Brittany, she's a person. She's not perfect. And that bandaid got ripped off when I got older because I'm like, girl, you jacked up. Like you've been this jacked up since I was a kid. Like, oh my gosh, like the the blinders came off, the scales came off my eyes and I started to look at people as a whole differently because I got so lost in how good people could put up their their front and their flex. And I realized that I lost myself in people. You know, I've known my husband since we were 14 in high school and I lost myself in him for so many years like I silenced my dreams when we were dating and when we started you know really developing our relationship and I realized that I didn't love myself enough to use my voice and to literally just stand in my own space that it was more comfortable for me to get lost in other people and it started you know way younger but it started to reach its peak when I was 18 and that was a a huge healing journey to go through like 
girl, you got issues. Like you've literally, like, who are you? You're turning 30. Like, who are you now? And, you know, I have to do some work and go to the root of things and really just understand, like, you didn't love yourself enough. And it started when you went to college at 18, thinking that you, you know, had it all figured out. This is what I'm doing. This is what my career is going to be. And it's not you you didn't finish with that path that you started on like you literally had to go back to the drawing board and get it together give your life back to Christ at 19 like you literally had to go back and find yourself and that is an 18 year old thing (laughs) getting lost in everything and everybody but yourself so sweet distractions yes I love that. I love that so much because that's very relatable on so many different levels. <laughs> we definitely like, especially being 18, you get you find a partner that you feel like you're gonna spend the rest of your life with and you get so lost in that situation. And uh-huh. like you said, you, you dim your dreams, you dim everything that you want to do to accommodate whatever lifestyle that they have and that they want to do. Mm-hmm. So finding your voice for any 18-year-old that's listening. If you have an 18 year old and you're listening, definitely take that word of advice because self love is so important. It is. It, <laughs> it is, is so important <laughs> at, at all ages, really. Not even when you're in your 20s. It's. It, I feel like it really needs to start from when you're younger. And I love what you're doing with Little Miss Autumn. Yes. <laughs> <Those> affirmations. <laughs> Girl, she came out the womb confident, loving herself. I'm like, I'm gonna follow what you're doing because obviously you got it together. Like, Look, God plays part in your life because you needed her. Oh yeah. I tell her that all the time. I'm like, I look up to you because you are teaching mommy how to love herself. Like okay. she will just be naked and be like, this is me. And mommy, you take your clothes out to my girl. This is not what you want to see. <laughs> this is not that kind of party, but you know, you go ahead, love yourself. I'm learning. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that. Well, thank you so much for all your words of wisdom that you shared with us. Thank you for your journey. Thank you for documenting the journey so people can follow along with you. And those who may be struggling as well, they they will find that comfort in you and knowing that they are not alone. So with that being said, where can everybody find you? Oh, so many places. But the main place that I am um, is Brittany with Love on Instagram and uh, TikTok. And my name is spelled very weird. It's B-R-I-T as in Tom N-E-E with spelled out in love. Love it. Love it. And you and your husband, y'all also have a YouTube channel, right? Yes. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. (laughs) We're I love how you two are just, <laughs> you guys are just coming out of your shell. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. We get text messages and stuff from our friends. I saw you and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> like our neighbors, they're like, I just saw you on TikTok. I'm like, this oh my goodness, your neighbors? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. We were just taking a family walk and that's crazy. Our like, oh my gosh, I saw you on TikTok. I'm like, Okay, because I'm so y'all must go viral. Y'all must go viral often. <laughs> yes, often. Now I it's taking it. you know other social media platforms. I'm like, okay, this is this was a little experiment of fun, and now it's like, <laughs> wow, y'all reached <laughs> a new quickly. level of fame. Yeah, it's weird. 
But you guys are handling it with grace, and I love it. Thank you. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for sitting down and having a session with us. Until next time, guys, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for tapping in on this week's session of I Am Clearly a Podcast. For more information on this week's session, check us out on Instagram at I Am Clearly a Podcast, as well as Facebook at I Am Clearly a Podcast. As always, subscribe to the show so you know when we release a new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to provide you with the content you deserve. See you next week.